Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joe Milmine and this is episode 74, Nativity. Hello and welcome to the show. A warm welcome to any returning listeners. I hope you're all well since last time I spoke to you. And if you are a new listener to the podcast this week, welcome in. Grab a seat. I hope you will enjoy what you find here. Things remain crazy since the last podcast. And thank you to all of you who took the time to comment in the Ravelry group or who indeed have sent me a message, including those of you who have sent me pictures of dogs in comedy Christmas knitwear. It does make me very happy. It does make me very happy indeed to receive these pictures of hounds wearing ridiculous clothing, especially when it's a dashund because they, they just seem to be the ones... They are, it's like a rule of life. They are the ones that get put in the ridiculous knitwear. Uh, But I love it. I don't even care. And uh, my little doggies, the uh, Wombat and Bowitzer, are on their little jolly holiday still with our in-laws in Sussex. And I'm I'm not going to lie to you. We've got Mingin jumpers. We've got Mingin Christmas jumpers, uh, myself and the children. Not knitted by me. And uh, they're kind of matching family Christmas jumpers and I want some little dog matching knitwear so we can have like a family photo me the kids and the dogs uh snuggle up with our acrylic Christmas knitwear although the children's one is not too bad it's it's 70% cotton so they're they're pretty good I quite like it I'm not even sorry I like my acrylic jumper machine knitted not created by me um it's warm for the acrylic surprisingly it'd be nicer in wool don't get me wrong it would be um but it'd be about 15 million times the price or several million hours of my hard uh, knitted time to create it by which point i'd have frozen to death and uh, christmas jumpers just wouldn't be funny anymore by the time i'd actually finished it hello sunshine Is there any need for that? Is there any need for that? I've had to put off recording the podcast once already because some guy um, across the back, the house behind us is being renovated and turned into flats and um, a guy was angle grinding a bush in the back garden. So I hope they've stopped now. But at least you feel like you're here with me, you know, nothing's perfect and you certainly don't expect it on this podcast anyway. Um, but yeah, it was angle grinding a bush out of the ground um, very loudly uh, all day, pretty much. And just hold on a minute, I'm just going to go and rough that person up. So yeah, there was a bit of a break in, um, in recording there because uh, the person that I wanted to go and rough up was indeed my own feral offspring. And I had completely forgotten until I kind of stood up and got to the door about uh, Sanimal's new love for the horn on my mum's car. She's got this little teeny um, Peugeot, I want to say 106, might be 1006. It's tiny, this thing. It's like a little go-kart, fastest car in the world because my mum's driving it. And um, he's discovered the horn, but he doesn't know you can just press the horn. So what he does is he he's obviously learnt to do it when he was leaning on the steering wheel. So now he does like this kind of belly bounce to um to set the horn off so he's kind of like jumping into the horn chest first going beep 
beep in his little Scottish accent. Beep, beep, mama, beep, beep. And uh, it was him in the back garden. They'd just arrived back uh, from Nana's house in her car and he was playing his favourite beep, beep game. So I didn't rough him up that much, obviously, you know, child line and everything. If only he could ring them. Um, <laughs> but it's not really generally acceptable to rough your own kids up, so I couldn't rough him up that much. But, um, yeah, it turned out it was my own child making all the noise in the background, somewhat unsurprisingly. So, yeah, it's all been rather crazy. I had another comedy uh, house maintenance moment. Considering writing a blog about all of this um, house stuff, to be honest, just for anyone who's thinking of buying a Victorian house in future, just to put them off, quite frankly. And um, after my water had been coming out at the temperature of the sun, like almost boiling for four weeks, I decided to send the decorator up to check out what was going on with my tank. And it turns out I had an immersion heater I've never even knew I had. Now, for the American or North American listeners who don't know what an immersion heater is, imagine a really big kettle. And at one time, uh, we used to have like a switch in an airing cupboard. So it'd be a cupboard around this really big kettle that warmed up all your water. Quite a kind of like 70s and 80s thing. I remember having one as a child in my mum's house before we got proper heating. We had this immersion heater and very very expensive to run because it's like a big giant kettle especially when it's been stuck on on and luckily hasn't exploded because it's been on constant uh, top temperature for the previous five weeks so luckily I managed to get a guy to come out to that and disconnect it for me for a tenner and um, goodness knows how many organs I'm going to have to pay uh, to pay my electric bill <laughs> um, but that that is now all sorted and I have a thermostat on the header tank which is the one that we do actually use for the hot water so yeah yeah that's another one to add to it next week there'll be another one next week there'll be another one probably to do with my security light um but it's all good fun we're getting there we're getting there definitely um and uh, I'm sure the neighbours think I'm running some kind of um ladies of negotiable affection house because the amount of workmen that I've had turn up in vans in my house has been rather obscene in the last five weeks but hopefully it should all be calming down a little bit. This time of year always is a little bit crazy anyway and um, for those who don't have children normally the rounds of office parties seem to kick off and uh, boozy luncheons are plenty and for those that do you have the array of alternate functions that you need to attend or dress the child appropriately for, which include, but are not limited to, countless non-uniform days of various description, Christmas jumper day, luckily I'd already pitched in for the matching family knitwear and that was fairly well covered, and that most famous of ones, the nativity play. No, I know some of my listeners are not especially religious, so this won't be a particularly religious recount of a nativity play, but essentially it's recreating in various guises um, the traditional nativity. Now, weirdly, some of the places that are, quote, not religious still have a nativity, which I kind of don't really get. Um, but Sissy School is a, is a church school, so of course they do have the nativity, but quite apparently not in the ordinary guys. It was some kind of nativity mashup, glee type, 
all sorts of songs, Little Angel Getting Her Wings. It was like a full-on production about this angel getting her wings and not really that much about um, big old JC and his birthday, if you will. All the characters were there. All the characters were there, but it was told from a different standpoint. Now, we'd had some discussions as a family as to what role we thought our little starlet might be cast into. I mean, she has a pantomime cat for a mother, so surely there's some dramatic bones or at least semi-theatrical element in there and she certainly appears to be rather dramatic at times so we pondered as to what she could possibly be i said she's probably the back end of a camel to which her dad sort of guffawed and said you're so mean i'm sure she's something lovely like an angel of course she's an angel darling of course and it turns out i had every right to be proud and overly proud parent because what was my little sissy she wasn't mary she's nowhere near compliant enough for that no 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 and the angel despite fitting what seemed to be a very strong stereotype of blonde little girls with tinsel halos (laughs) and she would fit that kind of photoshop sort of thing well um they were all blonde (laughs) it was really bad i was like this is a little bit ethnic cleansing isn't it um i'm sure there are angels that are not blonde and um no she wasn't an angel either sadly no my little sissy was a sheep yes she was very proud very proud so she was wearing an outfit that can only be described as highly flammable it was a white t-shirt with uh, cotton wool stuck on it but not an entire bag of cotton wool just kind of randomly sort of uh, scattered cotton wool and a little mask that was made out well it's like a hat it wasn't really a mask made out of card with uh, some ears and some some more cotton wool and they appear to have recycled the um, hat pattern whilst making hats for what i thought were donkeys turns out they were camels um but yes uh, they, they sort of recycled the thing so it had sticky up ears and i never really associate camels with massively sticky up ears uh, but donkeys certainly um the actual donkey and I can I can hear some of you laughing along with this because you know exactly what I mean if your child's ever been in an activity. The actual donkey had some crazy donkey outfit on and it, it had massive ears, but these ears look it made him look just like Yoda. It was like a little Yoda donkey. Random, really random. It's like, does that donkey look exactly like Yoda? And it wasn't just me that, that thought that it would appear. And um, they they were doing some some songs and some singing, and we'd managed to, as you always do, sit on the opposite side of the audience to where the beast was sitting, patiently, not patiently, did about thirty seconds, started playing with her her hat. She was bored of singing these songs now. I was bored of hearing them. She'd been singing them for weeks at bath time, and uh, she was completely obscured by the mum in the front row with the massive phone. She's not watching any of it. You all know who I'm talking about. She's not watching any of the nativity because she's doing it all on her phone. But her phone is so huge that anyone else behind her has her massive smartphone in any picture that they take. So we're stuck behind her and the beast is stuck behind another starring role that I've never heard of really in the nativity. And I'm sure they were that they're in the ark, but I don't remember being in the nativity. And that is the dove. So this dove appeared to be wearing 
thermal underpants, thermal top, long sleeve top and a thermal set of trousers. And he had these big kind of um, hen party white feathered wings on and a Phantom of the Opera sort of white mask. He was very good dove. He was beautiful acting. Um, And then he appeared to be wearing, and this won't be funny to any of my North American listeners, but if you're in the UK and you were kind of at school or around the trends in sort of the late 90s, early 2000s, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The dove from above, thermal underwear, feathered wings, Phantom of the Opera mask, Rockport boots. Rockport boots. So this dove is wearing Rockport boots and and Sissy's just stuck behind him sort of like picking her nose and ripping her hat off and just generally messing about pushing the smaller children off the bench you know all that kind of good stuff so it's a very very amusing nativity that I'm sure a lot of you can indeed relate to and even if it's not a nativity there will be some sort of Christmas production maybe it'll be a panto we just we certainly did pantos at school uh, we did um, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, and we did Scrooge as well. So they do do some panto, I know that. Um, but yeah, if your child's in any kind of production, it's that sort of being very excited to be there and see how they've done the costume in, and um, sort of cringing a little bit inside when they're the only one sticking pencils up their nose. Um, very, very amusing, very amusing. And um, I'm kind of glad that the production is now finished. Um not least because I cannot get that sheep nose off her. I thought she was a cat at first because she had a little black nose, but apparently it's because she was a sheep. So, yeah, a bit of an interesting one. So if you've been running around in that kind of pre-Christmas child-related activity or adult-related, basically, office lash activity, then hopefully you won't be uh, too worn out and I'm keeping you company while you have a little bit of uh, recuperation time or... You're on your way to work trying to hide that office hangover, hoping you haven't photocopied your bum. But anyway, there are patterns for knit-ivities. And if you want to knit one, uh, Jean Greenhow is probably the one I'd recommend you go to if you want a knitted version of all of this without any of the drama and just with the cute nativity aspect. Um... I'll put a link in the show notes to her book and you can go and knit a version instead. I would rather knit a version than go through the the trauma of the uh, Rockport clad <laughs> Chavy Dove, <laughs> Yoda the donkey and, uh, and Mary. She was just a total victim. It was just all happening to her. She wasn't even the star. It was the angel with no wings. So anyway, what else have I got for you <laughs> today? I have some uh, Enablers Corner. A little bit of pattern love and we have a little bit of a sock surgery kind of Christmas celebration slash roundup and that will conclude for today apart from a little bit of news so get yourself a drink mine was a rooibos early but I've moved on to the cider actually some kind of girly cider stuff that tastes a bit like Ribena because uh, my guests left it and um, put your feet up, get your knitting, snuggle under a blanket, and we will crack on with the show. (laughs) 
So in the enablers corner then, I have Tin Can Knits's 12 Days of Christmas. Normally, the enablers corner involves me separating you from your hard-earned cash in return for lovely beautiful things or experiences created by the indie community. Well, this time, it's a freebie, it's a gift and it's from Tin Can Knits. Tin Can Knits are a transatlantic design duo, Emily Vessel and Alexa Ludeman. Emily has been interviewed on the podcast before. I can't remember offhand the um, episode number, but I will put a link in the show notes as usual. And they are doing 12 days of Christmas. Now, we're already two days in. This is the third day. Don't muck about. Get on their mailing list. Because each day they're offering a free pattern for 24 hours from their collection. And the best way to keep up to date with them is to follow their blog or join their email list. If you go into the Hot Right Now on Ravelry, you'll see they're up there and they're very popular if you're not on the mailing list but get on there they send some really um helpful emails with some good tutorials for various different um techniques and things that you would do um when knitting their patterns or when knitting other patterns and they also send some really nice sort of kind of enabling project ideas emails in between the times as well so i'm enabling you this week to tin can knits's 12 days of christmas So the sock surgery returns and this will be the last sock surgery for 2015. So before I kick off with any of it, I would like to heartily thank Claire Devine for running with our first sort of eight months or so of the sock surgery and doing such a brilliant job of collecting together resources, helpful tips and sharing her knowledge and sock expertise with us and wishing her a good luck in her, her upcoming move south of the equator and also to our guinea pig sock kate who you haven't heard from for quite a while but she will be back on in the new year i'm going to get her back onto the show and we'll have a chat about how she's found moving more into knitting socks and how her journey's been this year and in that episode we will be sharing some hopefully some of your feedback and comments from what you've learned as a result of the sock surgery and how you found it any top tips you've got we'll do a big sort of celebration mashup in the new year uh, for that and I will let you know how you can take part and how you can record your bits and pieces so that I can include them in the podcast because it would be wonderful to feature some of my award-winning audience so what have I got for you but a mashup of, of two of my favourite segments. I've got uh, five Christmas sock patterns for the festive season. And I've tried to pick a few different ones uh, that teach you some techniques and some that I just think are quite fun. So I hope you will enjoy these. There will be pictures of all of these and links in the show notes. So number one, Scrap Yarn Sock Advent Calendar by Anna Johanna. It's a free pattern. And it includes a different set of instructions for each day, basically. And it's a way of using up scraps. So we're already in the Shiny Bees group. Got ongoing a um, Advent Sock Along that's being headed up by the lovely Fee, Veltaria. Seems to be going really well. I'm enjoying seeing those socks come out. And this is more of a sort of planned pattern, really. Different people have done different colour work designs for each one of the different days. So there's quite a lot of ideas there if you want to expand beyond just knitting scraps in a vanilla sort of fashion. 
Um, maybe you want to jazz it up a little bit. If you've got a lot of semi-solids, perhaps, then that could be a good one to check out for you because it's a free pattern. You can't really go wrong. Number two is Christmas in the Northwest by Lowbug Designs. This is a paid for pattern. It's six US dollars and it comes in four sizes. It is a colorwork sock pattern and it is Christmassy, but it's not excessively so, which is good because it means obviously you can wear them all year round. There are different kind of seasonal type motifs, um, such as a tree and there's a little child and a few other different patterns going down the sock. It's a two coloured sock, colour work sock pattern and uh, enough to keep the colour work knitter on the sock knitter interested without being ridiculously complicated and having multiple colours on the go. So that is Christmas in the Northwest by Lowbug Designs. Next one, I really like this one, is the Christmas Tree Socks by Charles D. Gandhi. This is a plain white sock with red heels and toes. So we're in the kind of Christmas themed colours and there is a green tree on the front of it which has some beaded stitches in it to represent the Christmas lights on the tree. I think it's dead cute. I think it's a clever idea. It's a nice way to combine two different things and make a pair of jazzy socks really. And you could use a red gear or something really cost effective or um what's that other one called? Ah the one that comes with the reinforcing um thread that you put in the toes and the heels. Oh you're killing me I can see it. It comes in a little sausage shape. They have it at fluff Go to Fluff and they have plain sock yarn, fluff.co.uk. Um, you'll be able to get those colours there for that and um, and knit up these Christmas tree socks. It'll come to me. I'll just blurt it out in a minute. Uh, the pattern is $7.20 US and I'm really disappointed that there are no projects on Ravelry for this pattern and I really think there should be. So that's the Christmas tree socks by Charles D. Gandhi. Next up I have the Snowflake Socks by Frederica Patmore. This is a free pattern again and it's for a pair of classic snowflake pattern. You know the classic kind of Nordic um, Shetland star snowflakey pattern um, that you see in a lot of, of, of Fair Island uh, colourwork knitting. It's got that motif in it and it's a free pattern for that. It's two colour uh, sock but you need to join the Rowan website to basically get access to it but it's free. And it's really nice. So that is the Snowflake Socks by Frederica Patmore. And finally, turning the page. Yes, my friends, I have made some notes. We have Mini Christmas Stocking Ornaments by Julie Williams. This is a free pattern, again, for little tiny miniature socks, which are entirely suitable for adorning your tree and would be a great way to use up scraps. Hashtag sod hexibuffs. And basically, there's... There has been developed a variety of different charts to use with the main pattern to sort of customise them further and try something a little bit different. You could make a whole series of them if you like. And um, it's a really good way to try stranded knitting if you've never done it before on a smaller canvas or try your first sock by basically knitting the sock pattern but don't do the colour work. So it's a couple of... Um, good teaching options there for you in that one and it is a free pattern which you know winner winner chicken dinner or turkey dinner so that's kind of seasonal isn't it hate turkey rubbish not a fan of turkey that is the mini christmas stocking ornaments by julie williams so next week because it's a festive week i'm going to do something on 
baubles because there are an awful lot of bauble patterns out there and I'm going to pull together a few of my favourites to share with you just to be a little bit festive, have a bit of fun, be a bit seasonal. I do like Christmas and I know a lot of you guys do as well. So they were my top five patterns. There'll be links to those in the show notes. You can go and check them out on Ravelry. But of course, we couldn't really let that be the end of the sock surgery without throwing in a bit of wanton enabling for that as well. Some of you will have become sock knitters over the course of the year. Some of you will have tried it and not liked it. Some of you will have um, improved your skills and some of you won't, won't have tried it but have enjoyed listening. But it's always good uh, to have some ideas for what to get for knitters for Christmas or birthdays or holidays. So I've decided to throw together a, a selection of gift ideas for sock knitters or sock knitters to be. So first up, I have the sock ruler, which you can get from sockruler.com. And this is a a ruler for socks. Instead of using a tape measure to measure your socks and it all getting a little bit of mosh, you can use this handy um, plastic ruler that you kind of stick your sock over and it will measure your sock for you. They're clever, super handy and at $25.99 for a set of the regular, which is like the adult size and the junior rulers because they come in kiddie size as well. And if you just want the regular one, then you're looking at $11.99, so quite good, quite a, a good one to throw in with a swap of some description if you're doing a knitty swap with someone or as a secret Santa or what have you at knitting group. And if you have a sock knitter in your life, um, something they're always going to use, I reckon. And $11.99, it's like nothing, is it? So yeah, sockruler.com for my first shout. My second is a set of sock blockers for your sock knitter, especially if they're getting into knitting the lacy socks and they want to be blocking their socks out afterwards. I had a mooch around and although I know that Claire's sister did used to make wooden sock blockers, I'm not 100% sure whether she still is or not. So I had a look on Etsy and um, you can get Knit Pro ones, plastic ones, um, but they weren't particularly inspiring and this is a gift so we want it to be nice and um, found Burning Impressions 2, the shop is called, and they do a big range of wooden sock blockers that come in a variety of designs, um, some of which are kind of cut out of the wood, and some are sort of heat etched into the wood. There were some pretty ones with butterflies on that I could totally see Sock Kate loving, Uh, she likes butterflies, and um, other patterns like dragonflies and things like that. There were some knitted... um, not knitted, knitting balls with needles stuck in them, but there's also an option for personalisation of said sock blockers, which is always a good uh, thing in a gift, uh, in my opinion anyway, because um, it means they can't get, they can't give it away, can they? It's got the name on it. <laughs> um, they are £15.87 plus delivery from Canada, so obviously if you're in Canada it'd be a little bit cheaper than that, and... Um, over here, yeah, fifteen eight seven, which again I think is a really good price for a handmade product, and they're really pretty and very very nice. So they also do a junior size in their blockers as well. So that is Burning Impressions two on Etsy for the sock blockers. Then I thought about needles, and 
sock knitters always need more needles. There are never enough sock knitting needles for anyone's life, really. If you knit with DPNs, inevitably you'll drop one down the side of a, a seat and you never get it back or... Um, through the floorboards is another favourite, especially if you're out in a pub or something, it goes through the floorboards. Um, dropping it through decking, you know, off the side of a boat, whatever you want to do, losing DPNs is an easy thing to achieve uh, for most knitters. And um, extra sets of DPNs can only be a good thing. I have a set of the Knit Pro Symphony DPNs, which has got all the sizes in from, um, I think it's from 2.25, no it must be 2, 2 all the way through to 3.5, um, which is quite a nice little packet, comes in a little um, see-through sort of holder to keep them all in, and always handy, always handy to have those, use those quite a lot, or you can have a look what your, if you're not that brave about going out and picking things, have a look what your knittering question knits with, do they use uh, magic loops or would they appreciate another set of needles for magic loop i'm a massive fan of the um high high fixed for knitting magic loop i think they're really good nice smooth join nice cable that holds the weight of the knitting without being too stiff and there isn't too much tension on that um joining those joining stitches that you can sometimes get with the chow goo ones because it's a bit more of a firm cable that being said i've seen a lot of people knit with them with the chow goo ones and they like them so I know the Addy Sock Rockets are very popular, although I've never tried them. So maybe have a look what brand they have, and you can either try a brand that's quite similar, go into your knitting shop and ask what's you know similar that they might want to try out, um, or just buy another one of their standard size, stalk them on Ravelry, find out what size they knit their socks in, and buy another 80cm needle in 2.25 or 2.5mm, um, in the brand that they usually use I don't think they're going to complain at that because you can never have too many sock needles so the needles would be a kind of spy and buy kind of more of a Sherlock type approach to uh, choosing the item in question then I started thinking a little bit more outside the box and thought maybe it would be good uh, to buy a gift that is an online class Perhaps if someone is a knitter and they want to improve their skills or if they want to have a go at starting or they want to try something new. So I had a look around and um, Silver's Sock Class is it's brilliant. It's how I learnt to knit socks and it's still free. And that's still sort of number one on the return for uh, online sock knitting classes. But there is, of course, Craftsy. Um, they have a range of affordable classes by some good teachers, nice videos and... Um, there is a buy as a gift option on that as well. So it's all very, very easy to do. If it's a last minute gift, this could be a good solution for you. If you've been a bit stuck and haven't taken action, this could be a good option. Um, the one I looked at was the Knit Sock Workshop by Donna Dracunas. That's on offer at the moment with 25% off. And um, she also does knit original toe-up socks as well. There are some more simple ones and there are some that are a little bit more challenging in the kind of sock offering on Craftsy, but I'll put a link to those two workshops in the show notes for you. And finally, who put your hand up if you've got a lot of sock yarn. Put your hand up if you've got a lot of sock yarn and you don't know how long it's going to be before you can knit all this blasted sock yarn into socks me too don't feel bad because we never feel bad about yarn but i'm going to present you with a solution 
If you can't knit socks fast enough to get through your sock knitting stash and keep your toes warm, why not consider a sock knitting machine? This could be the answer to all of our prayers, people. Um, Addy have got the Addy Express Professional Knitting Machine, which retails quite expensive. It's not going to be your average Secret Santa at £74.80. Um, but you could be churning out socks on this thing. You've got a little handle, wind the handle, it knits the sock for you. You could, you could have loads of socks, you could get it all over and done with. You get RSI. I think you'd probably need to come up with some kind of belt-driven system where you could just kind of power your children to power the sock knitting machine, perhaps, or... Um, some way of preventing yourself from hurting yourself by winding this little mini handle all the time Um, but that could be a good option for the sock knitter that has everything apart from a sock knitting machine of course Um, the Addy Express Professional could could be good you can get it from uh, Woolstacks, Turvel on eBay I've used them before, they are good they are a bricks and mortar shop as well and um, I'm sure you can get that in any other Addy stockist um, in the US, Canada, Australia and further afield if you're listening there so they are my recommendations for some sock knitting um, gifts for sock knitters if you have any good shouts that you'd like to share with us especially if they can be executed on the last minute for those of us who are maybe not quite on the timeline get in touch and let me know and I will share them on next week's podcast so some podcast related news then to round up this episode of the show and yeah plans for next year are underway I've got some exciting things that I want to share with you following on from your uh, feedback in the listener survey I've got a couple of things up my um, well patterned sleeves shall we say to make all of that happen for you Um, I also need to look at the running and um, economics and everything else of the podcast as well as you all know I really love podcasting I really enjoy chatting to you guys every week which is why I do it essentially and you are officially an award-winning audience which has been a real high point of the year for me and it must be for you guys as well uh, to kick all of those um, you know the flash business and marketing types um, of podcast into the long grass um, I, did, I was a little bit smug I'm very proud of my audience I'm very proud of you guys and everything we have going on at uh, Shiny HQ it's a real privilege to be allowed to speak to you every week and entertain you in particular and um, obviously looking at that and responding to some of the comments in uh, the survey and comments I've had from people Outside of that, um, I've looked into ways that would be beneficial for you um, in terms of uh, being able to fund the production of the podcast. Up until now, it's been almost entirely funded from my own pocket because I love it. I do really enjoy it. And um, also from some of the sponsorship uh, money that's come in. I have got some affiliates as well uh, with Craftsy and um, Amazon that bring in a very small amount of um, revenue there, which gets plumbed straight back into the podcast, essentially. There are quite a lot of fees involved in terms of hosting fees for the website, hosting for all of the audio content on Libsyn, uh, postage, uh, arranging... (laughs) all sorts of random things uh just I just seem to kind of 
well, I do just pay for it out of my own pocket because I enjoy it. Um, but it's coming to the point now where um, I have to record during work time because the children are noisy and quite often um, Millie's not around to uh, spirit them out of the house like he used to on a weekend um, to take them out of the way so that I can actually get some recording done. So it isn't an exaggeration to say that doing the podcast this year cost-wise has run into the thousands if not double figure five figures of thousands in terms of work time that goes into it and um, it's probably about by the time I've done the show notes six to eight hours per episode if it's an interview episode again which I'm not ever going to cut out because I really like doing them it runs into even more than that because of the amount of editing that's involved and obviously conducting the interview setting all of the interviews up etc and it is my choice to do it and I do enjoy doing it um, however, there comes a point where you have to kind of take a long, hard look at what you're doing and um, your situation and figure out whether you can actually still afford to do it, frankly. And um, I've been looking into options for people, if they wish to, to support the podcast. And I, I want to make it clear at this point that the podcast will always remain free at point of use. It will always be free to listen to. And I think that's really important. Um, but for those people who do want to kind of see the podcast continue on the schedule it's on in particular with a weekly schedule and to be embracing some extra things because I have a lot of ideas that I really want to bring in but at the moment I just can't afford to bring in unless I want my children to starve in a wet leaky house (laughs) so um, I have uh, set up a Patreon campaign and that is at patreon.com and that will be going live this Friday for those people who do want to um, support the running of the podcast. And it is entirely voluntary to do so. Um, there is a basically a tiered reward package for doing so. Um, starting at like $2 a month. So that's not even a coffee. So if just think to yourself, if I would be willing to buy Joe one coffee per month for four podcasts... I could probably do this because I don't actually drink coffee. Um, so it would be a waste. It would be a waste on me. And there's no way I could drink that many cups of coffee per month. Um, but if everyone who actually downloads the podcast um, per episode did give uh, $2 a month, then um, we'd be having amazing times. I'd be throwing parties and all sorts of stuff. Um, I would like to upgrade the podcast equipment so it'd be better sound and quality in terms of production for you guys. I'd like to... Uh, introduce a virtual knit night as well that will be done on a platform online so we can all get together and chat uh, once a month and I'm opening my swag shop as well because you guys told me you wanted swag so swag you shall have because my audience get what they want Um, so that will be coming as well uh, this week for those of you that want to take part in that and um, just looking to basically cover the cost of the podcast upgrade the equipment and bring in all of the stuff that you want essentially so I will um, drop in the link to the show notes uh, when it goes live and I will do another blog post as well and uh, send you an email if you're on the mailing list so you will get a link to that. As I say, it's entirely voluntary and it is kind of in response to people who are asking me is there any way I can send you something or can I contribute to the running cost of the podcast? What can I send you? Um, it's an easy way for people to do that if they want to. The podcast will always remain free at point of use um, to anyone who wants to listen to it because that's really important to me as well it just may not remain on the same frequency perhaps 
um, or with fewer interviews, um, all the very time-consuming episodes uh, may have to kind of cut down a little bit just uh, in order to make everything balance up uh, books-wise. So um, that is coming uh, this week on Friday and I will um, let you know when it is all live. But uh, don't worry, you'll always be able to have some shiny uh, for free because it's really important to me that you can have that. So I guess that is all we have time for this week and um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you to everyone who has um, stuck around and listened to the end and to all new listeners, I hope you will be back again soon to chat with us. We've got some bauble chat next week so it can only go one way and that's downhill from here and following next week's episode it will be the last one next week for the year we'll have a couple of weeks off you guys are gonna be busy with your families busy with your knitting it's all very crazy so we'll have a couple of weeks off and the first episode will be the first tuesday in january after that so come back next week for some bauble fun and in the meantime i hope you will all have a great week happy crafting and i will speak to you all again soon bye to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the water boys and i need a drink i need a drink